Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. You would join with me in your Bible, whether the one in the pew, the one you brought with you, or on your phone to John's Gospel, the 16th chapter. This morning's text comes from that chapter, verses 12 through 15. Hear with me now the words of the Lord. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. My friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Lord, we come this morning with expectant hearts. We come here to this time of worship expecting to meet you. Expecting to see you in the world around us. Expecting to hear your words, your voice in our ears. We come expecting hope for the week to come. We come expecting to lay our burdens down and that you will take them up. So during this time, O Lord, may we have ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to know your presence. And as we hear what you say to us, O Lord, may those words take anchor deep in our souls so that we are transformed and that we leave this place not as mere hearers of your word, but as doers of your words. In your holy name we pray. Amen. So this is a unique day in the church year, in the calendar of all that we do in church. This is the only Sunday, the Sunday after Pentecost, in which we focus on a theological doctrine. This is Trinity Sunday. All the other Sundays of the year, we might focus on some aspect of Jesus' ministry, what God provides for us. But on this day, Trinity Sunday, we try to understand the nature of the Holy Trinity, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it's kind of difficult for us to do that, to really unpack that, because, I mean, we are human beings. We are in this sort of what you see is what you believe, concrete thinking kind of world. And sometimes we try to do, we think about this, and we think maybe trying to find some concrete way to describe the Holy Trinity, it might be something like, take water, take H2O, We think of God as solid, like ice, 
then we can think of God as liquid, like the holy, like, you know, the sun, and then God is spirit, like steam, and it's a gas. And we think, oh, that explains it, right? But that's not right. Don't hold on to that. Just forget that. That is a theological heresy called modalism. So just take what I just said and throw that away. Because it gets this idea, it sort of borderlines tritheism. And we only have one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three in one. Now, St. Patrick tried this. He thought, you know what? I think he probably came the closest to explaining this in concrete terms. He took a shamrock, you know, a three-leaf clover, and he said, now think of this. You have each part of God is a leaf on the shamrock. If you take it away, you don't have a shamrock anymore. That only exists if they're together, three in one. So we keep thinking of this idea of three in one, God three in one, and we come up with terms, you know, we know Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and some folks try to explain it a little bit differently, things like creator, redeemer, and sustainer, or holy parent, divine child, breath of God. I kind of like that one, by the way. Or source, savior, sanctifier. All these are all encompassing ideas. And what the biggest thing is, is that we don't want, and we can't limit God in human terms. That's the mystery of the Holy Trinity. As close as we get to it, there's still a little bit of the mystery of God that we will never fully grasp until we're face to face. But as we begin to unpack this doctrine of the Trinity, this idea of the triune God, what we begin to realize is that what we need is right in front of us. What we face in the world, the upheaval, the uncertainty, the anxiety, all that surrounds us in the world, that God is right there with us. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer, Holy Parent, Divine Child, Breath of God. And see, early in Jesus' ministry, when we take our text that we just read from John, Jesus is trying to explain the nature of God and the nature of his ministry. And he gets those opening lines and says, Now, I've got some more to explain to you, but you're not ready for it yet. Think about the disciples. You know, there's a lot that's coming their way. It's much in the same way. So he just sort of tells us, says, Look, there's a lot more that I could tell you, but I will send the Holy Spirit. Much in the same way that his parents sometimes, when your seven-year-old comes to you and says, Mom, Dad, tell me about the miracle of human reproduction. How much do you tell them at seven? Just enough to not muddy the waters, right? That's really what Jesus was doing here in this text. He's telling them just enough to keep them learning but not being overwhelmed. He tells them that he will send the Spirit, and when the Spirit comes... The Spirit will speak the truth, will explain and unfold all things for them to understand. And so with that, we come away from the text today with this idea of that God is co-equal, three in one, not divisible. But more importantly, what we come away with is that God can handle anything. There is nothing in this world that is too hard, too complex, or too deep for God to handle. And so as we think about what we face on a weekly, daily, hourly basis, we'll begin to realize that this all-sufficient God that is pulling for us, this is a God who has it all, 
who shares it all, and who shows it all, whenever and however we need it. And that, my brothers and sisters, is what we anchor our faith upon, is that God has it all, shares it all, and shows it all when we need it. So think about what we did just a few minutes ago in worship, sort of our act of faith, you know, our creed. What, when we say what it is that we believe, we looked at the Apostles' Creed, and the opening line was, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And that sentence alone evokes the power and the glory of God, doesn't it? I mean, think about it. Think about the story of creation. When you go back to Genesis 1-1, and you begin to read this, in seven days, God made all of creation. I mean, there's a logical order to it, and God does the first thing first, and the second thing second, and so forth. And at the end of each day, and it was good. I mean, just the miracle of creation alone, begin thinking about that. It's kind of mind-blowing, isn't it? To think about what God, the power that God has. Take some time this afternoon. Go out in your backyard and just look at what has been created for us to see. Those of you that are in the mountains, go look at the vistas. Those of you that are at the beach, go look along the shore and see the power of creation. Those of you that are traveling this summer, if you go to the Grand Canyon, just marvel at what God has provided for us. Ponder the circle of life. You know, a friend of mine posted the other day, he's got a, a, a herd of deer in her backyard, and her backyard is really acres of land. But she's got this in her backyard, and she's got this wildlife camp, and she sees mama deer and the little doe or the little fawn trucking along behind it. It's the miracle of life. And as long as they keep making that path all summer long, I guess we can watch the webcam and watch this baby deer grow up. God provides just what we need. God has it all. Or we can think about just the nature of the human body and just to be amazed at how all of our parts fit together. You know, the song that we learned as kids, you know, the hip bone is connected to the thigh bone. Thank you. It's like, you know, please tell me y'all haven't forgotten this, right? The thigh bone is connected to the knee bone and so forth. And we start to think about how it all goes together and beautifully in all the intricacies of human anatomy. And we realize that God created it all. God owns it all. Everything belongs to God. So we begin to look around our lives. We look at all of our stuff, our books, our electronics, our cars, our houses. I mean, even our bank account balances all belong to God. They may be ours temporarily, but it truly belongs to God. God the Father has everything which means whatever we need in life, what, what we truly need, not what we want, but what we truly need, God already has it. So all we need to do when we're in need is turn to God and ask. That's why the psalmist wrote those words, I look to the hills, where does my help come? My help comes in the name of the Lord. God the Father has it all. But the creed continues, and as we say that I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. I mean, think about the sinless nature of Christ. I mean, it's the whole reason of the virgin birth is that 
He was born of the Virgin Mary, so he was not tainted by original sin. So Christ comes in the world completely sinless, Son of God, fully divine and fully human. And yet, with all of that, he suffers the cruelest of deaths for our sake. We begin to think about that sinless nature of Christ, and then we begin to personalize it, realize that he bled for me, he bled for you. He suffered for me. He suffered for you. He died for us. It's in that moment when we really take all of that in. We read that story of that Holy Week and realize that what he endured for us, the realize that he gave it all for us. So I think about this idea of Christ giving it all, and then I think about the ministry that he shared with us. He healed the sick. He ate with sinners. He preached good news to the poor. He set the captives free. And I realize as he did that, as we read those stories in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, realize that he is still doing that for you and me to this day. He heals our broken hearts. He heals the fractures in our relationships and the divisiveness in our world. Christ is there to bandage us and bring us back together. Christ sets the table for us. There's always room at the table in Christ's house. The good news for us is that there is hope even in our poverty of spirit. When we don't think that we can do things, when we don't think that we are worthy enough, and we don't realize that, that we can't do it on our own, that Christ is there to pick us up and to carry us forward. He sets us free. He sets us free from sin. He sets us free from keeping up with the Joneses. I mean, that's one of the struggles in our world right now with social media is you look on social media and you think everyone else has it better than you and you're not doing enough. And he says, let it go. Just let it go. You are perfect just the way you are. You have enough. You are enough just the way you are. He sets us free to tell us it's okay if we're not okay. And that he'll heal us. He sets us free from the shame of our past. See, Christ shares all that we need each day, no matter what. So we find ourselves in need and we ask God the Father, we know that God the Son will provide it. And so our daily prayer should be, come Lord Jesus, come. Because in that moment when Jesus comes, we will receive what we need. Because he is the divine giver. And the creed rolls on and it says, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. See, Jesus promised the disciples and the apostles that he would send the Holy Spirit and that Spirit was poured out at, at Pentecost. We celebrated that last week. Remember, everything in here was, had that red tone to it, that the fire of the Holy Spirit was poured out over them in Jerusalem. It came like a mighty rushing wind. And it strengthened them and it enabled them and emboldened the apostles to take up the mantle of ministry. The Spirit breathed life into the church. It helps us understand our forgiveness, but also to understand our calling to share that forgiveness and that love with the world. The power of the Holy Spirit helps us claim the resurrection and to learn the lessons of those that have gone before us 
You know, every November when we celebrate All Saints, we remember the lives of those in our, fam in our family who have passed in the previous year. We're talking about the communion of saints where they're gathered around us in heaven, looking down on us, and those lessons that they taught, that they modeled, they come flooding back. The Holy Spirit guides us, shows us the way, so that no matter what you and I face in our daily life, no matter what we need, the Holy Spirit shows us the way and strengthens our resolve so that we can plow through and do the work of the church. Go where we are called. And even when we don't want to go, the Holy Spirit says, I'll be with you, I'll strengthen you, even if it's something that we don't want to do, if it's outside of our comfort zone. Just in a few minutes, we'll commission these Stephen ministers. And they've been called to this work. And I'm sure that some of those callings were sort of nurtured over time, and in some cases, they may have even not wanted to do it, right? Like, surely not me. And yet God says, oh, yes, you. And I'll be with you every step of the way. The Holy Spirit shows up and shows us the way. So what we need to do is to simply cry out, Speak, O Lord, for your servants are listening. And when we do that, we then need to listen. Listen with our ears, listen with our eyes, listen with our hearts, listen with our souls, because God is speaking to us, the Spirit is calling to us, and speak, O Lord, your servants are listening, and the Lord will show us the way. I think of that creed, I think of this Trinity Sunday, this whole idea of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three in one. And I think about what we face every day, what we get up to in the morning news, what we get up to in our daily lives, whatever is going on at work, at home, in our communities. And we are no different. We don't have the market corner on suffering or struggle. Every generation of followers have faced difficult times and difficult issues. Every follower of Christ has had that moment of uncertainty. Surely not me. Surely it's got to get better than this. Surely something's got to change. What do you want me to do, Lord? And every day we face questions and tasks and doubts and shortcomings which seem insurmountable, and that's precisely when we need to lean back on the power of God, power of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Because what we need is ever-present. God is with us every day, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God has all we need. God shares all we need. God shows us what we need and shows the way. So as we go forth from this time together in worship, we think about what we are going to face or what we're worried about that's just outside those doors. The answer is already in front of us. God has created, God has redeemed, and God sustains you and me. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast for Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you will consider joining us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. Blessings. Blessings.